Thank you for joining us this week on Christian Universe Podcast. This is episode 27. And we're doing part 2 of Mark 1, chapter 1. Last time we were joined by Jelani Richards, and he is joining us once again um, to do the rest of Mark 1. Um, without any further ado, we're going to pray and then jump straight into it. Jelani, would you like to pray for us? Sure. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, um, thank you for this day. Um, I pray that you will bless all the listeners who are listening, that you will um, touch their hearts with um, the, message, the message that you put on our minds, and I pray that you will guide this conversation in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, so you can lead out with verse 16 to 20. To yeah. So... Um, in this, I'm reading uh, from the New King James Version. So it says, And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther from there, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who, were, who also were in the boat mending their nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went after him. So it's something really interesting about um, these this these four verse, five verses. Like um, it's like what Jabari said in his sermon. Um, with I forget which Bible character he said, but God called that that person, and like there was no like arguing or like excuses that just went you know and, like just like in this verse it says that like you know he just says follow me and like they immediately left like they didn't like like finish do what doing what they were doing or anything they just like completely left and it just shows us that like you know like taking the plunge like stepping out in faith um and like in the moment we, we, we may not see the like benefits of like like what follow me follow you to do what like where what am i doing it's just like you know we don't we don't understand, but you know God can he he'll make the best out of it. He knows us better than we know ourselves. So yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah. Um, when I read that for the first time, honestly, it caught me off guard. Cause one thing that I must say that I always do is think about what if that situation happened today? Would uh, would the scenario still play out the same? And mm. I must say, both both groups of brothers surprised me. Because if that happened today, honestly, I can say honestly, although it might not be the right thing to say honestly, I'm still going to say it honestly, that I wouldn't leave. I wouldn't follow Jesus. Not to say that I don't believe in him, but honestly, right. a random guy shows up, right? tells you while you're working drop it follow me and i will and i'll make you a fisher of men how do i fish people that's right. one right that's we're talking about simon and andrew that's one scenario then yeah. he goes down further and he sees james and his brother john who are not only preparing their nets to go out but they are there with hired help and their dad now, I don't know about your dad, but my dad is not letting me off that boat. I got work to do, first of all. 
But they were like, without hesitation, they left. Without hesitation. They were like, forget this job. Forget it all. Dad, deuces. I'm out. I don't know right. about you, but I would have gotten beat. Somebody, something was about to hit my yeah. head mm-hmm. from the back. Yeah, that's exactly. So I found it. Mm-hmm. I found, and it comes back to faith. And I um also say I also believe that they knew something about him ahead of time. Maybe they heard yes. John speak, or when they went to chapel, or you know, to worship. Um, they went and um, they were like, perfect. They were like, oh, this is the guy we've heard so... Well, he proclaims to be the guy that we've heard so much about. Let's take a risk. Let's... No risk, no reward. It's like, let, that's what we say today. No risk, no reward. So they were like, no risk, no reward. You know? Maybe maybe it is the guy. Maybe it's not. What's the worst that could happen? We could leave our boat unattended. It could get stolen. Um, or we could follow this crazy man. Eh. Follow the crazy man, you know, and yeah. and I'm not saying it to like downgrade the Bible or anything, but it's like honestly, if these if these things were supposed to happen today, none of us, none of these um, situations would happen. And I think, and it kind of goes back to what I was talking about with God's planning with John the Baptist, because God knew that if He did this same thing today. Jesus wouldn't have gotten the time and day. He wouldn't have been able to be crucified. He wouldn't have been able to right. take on our sins. Because he would be seen as a crazy man. He'd be put in the psych ward. He'd be put in something like that, you know? He wouldn't be hung out off of a cross. He'd be put in a psych ward. Because yeah. he's deranged. We'd call him deranged. We'd put all these labels on him. PTSD, all these things. And then, um, you know, we'd find some crime and put him in jail, you know? And I think it all goes back to God's planning, you know? And um, we always say that nothing happens without a reason, especially when God is in it. And um, right. that's something that, especially recently, I've been struggling with a lot. Things happening for a reason, Um well, I haven't told my podcast listeners, but, um, you know, with the whole Valeria's death and the circumstances surrounding it, it just, um, was like a big throw off. It was like, a, um, a weird situation of losing a friend and all that kind of stuff and wondering what God was planning while, why he did it. But, um... So far, I've learned that when you do those things, it's just that when God does those things, it's because he has something bigger in store for you. Maybe he's making you a better person. Maybe he's making you more empathetic. Maybe he's helping you realize that you need to draw closer to him so that you can see your loved ones once again. You know, so that's kind of what I've been clinging on to recently. Right. Um. If I'm being honest, like at this moment, like I I don't see the good that will come out of this. Um, but you know, I think I'm just you know exercising my patience and just waiting because like this like caused so much hurt, so much emotional pain, mental um, mental anguish, and it's just like 
you know, I don't see the benefits, but like, like we said, like God's like following God is not always going to be like a straight, clear path of like, Oh, I can see the end. There's going to be times where it's like, I don't see the, end. I don't see how this can work. Um, but you know, it's like, what I'm like in this, you know, journey of trusting God, you know, we're all in this journey of trusting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you on that, especially um, with the part about not always seeing the end, because I always use the analogy of the, a tunnel. Sometimes you're in a tunnel and it's pitch black and there's a light, but it's like you can't see the end of the tunnel because it's so far or because of the darkness, like I said, and but you know it's there. And uh, sometimes there's... I always bring it back to here and home and stuff, you know, and it's like there's times in our lives where we're in the middle of the tunnel. We can't see the light in front of us and we can't see the light behind us of where mm-hmm. we come from. And you're wondering, am I going in the right direction? It, and then there's always right. there's these these turnoffs, you know, these exits. And you're like, hmm, is this the right way? And mm-hmm. all of that stuff, and you're like, well, this way has less traffic, but this way, it's getting me to my destination. Yeah. And it's and the GPS is saying, go straight. But this turn, you know, this turn is going to get me there, I think. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you take this risk, and then you make that turn, and everything just goes out of order. And then you're like... Oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. But what I love about God, what always makes me love God, even in times of doubt, is that when you make mistakes, you can run back to him. And when you run back to Mm -hmm. him, it's like those mistakes never happened. For him, it's like those mistakes never happened. But for us, you know, we like to hold things in and (laughs) destroy ourselves and all that stuff. So it's like... Oh man, I shouldn't have made that turn. I should have kept straight. I should have done this. I should have done that. But God has already forgive you, forgiven you for that. And that's something right. that I feel like is something that a lot of us need to work on. Not as just Christians, but like as people on a whole, we need to learn to forgive ourselves, especially after we've asked for forgiveness, whether that's mm-hmm. from God or from each other. Right. Um, I like to like reference um, the chosen. I'm sure you've heard of it. I've heard yeah. of it, but I haven't watched um, it yet. I'm about to. Yeah, it's a really good show. Life changing, I think. Um, but you know, they have um, Mary Magdalene. Um, they portray her, you know, because you know she was possessed by seven demons. Yeah. Um, and like she was, and they portray they portray her as like like being like an alcohol addict and like being like addicted to like alcohol and stuff and going to the bars and stuff. Yeah. Um, and so, like, it shows, like, um, God redeeming her. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like, she backslid. But then she came back to Jesus G- to G- and, like, she was forgiven. Um, but then, like, she still holds on to, you know, that guilt of, like, what she did of backsliding and, you know, not, like, staying, sticking on the path. But, like, it's, like, kind of like an, it feels like, it feels like an insult to God to, like, hold on to like a sin that you've already been forgiven for like we should let it go because like god has already let it go like he like we should let it go too like why are we holding on to it 
I agree with you on that. It really does feel like uh, slapping God's face or whatever. It wouldn't, yeah. It really does feel like it's disrespectful to God holding on to something that he has already forgiven us for. Um, right. It also feels, especially to me at least, it also feels like we're saying to God that I don't accept your forgiveness. Mm. It's like, yeah. why are you forgiving me? I don't even accept my own. Why, why are you forgiving me? You know, and it's like, I have done nothing for you. Why are you forgiving me? And um, I was listening to this podcast episode, I think. Well, it was a clip of a podcast. I get a lot of my stuff off of it, social media. I'm always on social media. But based on the based on my following, I get a lot of motivational and Christian content pushed to me. So um, one of the clips, it was basically saying, why do we feel we have to do something for God? Why do we feel that? Why do we feel wrong when God does something for us when we've never done anything for God? It's right. Like, it's like we, when we fail, we feel bad because it's like, oh man, I just took God off the pedestal. But we're not the ones that put him on the pedestal. He was there. Right. He was already there. He's trying to get us up to there. You know, mm-hmm. he's trying to help us. But when we yeah. fail him, it's like, oh, man, I just brought God down. No, you didn't. That man has his hand out. He ready to grab you and pull you on back up. Yeah. But we sit in our solo and we sit in our um, guilt and it pushes us further and further away from God. I was watching this. There's this um video i'll have to find it and probably send it to you because it's really good it's basically where these two guys are narrating about how about change personal changes and there's this part of it where he's getting chipped he's getting his um sins chipped off and um he talks about how the then there's a part where he's like okay that's enough we'll come back and do it another day and the guy playing God was like, no, you can't come back and do it another day. And he was like, no, I'll stay right here. And he was like, no, you mm-hmm. won't. Because you're either moving closer to me or leaving, or leaving me. Mm-hmm. There is no staying where you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that hit. I was like, dang. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow. Yeah. Um, really? I can't, I can't stay here? I can't. I can't stay where I'm at. I'm either leaving you or I'm getting closer to you for real. Yeah. So. But um, I've definitely mm-hmm. seen that clip before. I've seen that clip before. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that was a, a really powerful video, you know. It really was. Yeah. Um, to get back to this, and you actually kind of brought it up as well about demons. I mean, Madeline having seven demons within her, mm-hmm. but. In verses 21 to 28, it also talks about a demon. It yeah. starts off with um, Jesus and so far his four disciples, James, mm-hmm. John, Simon, and Andrew. His four disciples so far, they are headed to Capernaum and um, <laughs> when the Sabbath came and Jesus went into the synagogue to teach. People were amazed because he thought with, taught with authority, unlike the teachers or the Pharisees, right? And as he was teaching, a man possessed cried out, 
What do you want, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus said with authority to the spirits within the man. Now, this is a direct quote from the Bible, but I'm reading from the NIV. And it says, and Jesus said with authority to the spirit within the man. And I love that because it's like, he's not talking to the man. The Bible is pretty clear. He's like, I'm not talking to the man. I'm talking to the possessed, the demon inside the man. Yes. Because people, and I love that the Bible is very clear about it because people love to spin the Bible. They love to talk about how, um, I think that, yeah, you did a TikTok about it. You did a TikTok about it. Oh, yeah, 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 I did it. And you were like, you you basically played Jesus, quote unquote, you know. And you were like, I said what I said. And people, people like to, people like to twist God's words. People like to twist them for their own benefit. And I love that he, that the Bible specifically said it. Because people would be like, oh, Jesus is yelling at people. No, he was Mm -hmm. like, no, I was not yelling at the man. I was yelling at the spirit within him. And he said with authority, be quiet and come out of him. Then this next part says, the man began to shake violently. And the spirit came out of him with a loud sound. The people within the vicinity, the people around, they were amazed and began to whisper and ask among themselves, who is this Jesus man? This man is given the spirit's orders and they are obeying him. Before Mm. he left the synagogue, news of him already had spread. It spread quickly. And that is something that um, that I, I, I strive for, especially when it comes to talking about God. And it's like, I want his word to spread like wildfire. I want it to, yeah. I want to be sitting, this is the whole point of the podcast. I want to be able to sit in my home and somebody in England, somebody in Australia, somebody in Antarctica, because I know there's people living in there. They're crazy and they yeah. like the cold. But you know, <laughs> they up there. I want somebody up there to be like, wow, this is Christian Universe podcast. Let me check it out. See what it's all about. They tap in and they're like, wow. This young man and his friends, this young man and his guest speakers, they are laying down some knowledge. And they're not just pushing the word down my throat. They're making it apl- applicable to today. So it's helping me in my daily life. And I feel like that's such an important part. But what I really wanted to focus on, especially with these these verses, was the demon. And how we knew that it was the demon talking to God and not a man talking to God is the words that he used. And they're very precise. He said, what do you want, Jesus of Nazareth? One, he knew who he was and he knew where he was from. Two things that no one knew. At least from Nazareth part, no one knew as of yet. As of Mm -hmm. yet, no one knew. Number two, have you come to destroy us? Who is this us that you're talking about? Right. (laughs) And it confirms when he talks about number three. I know who you are. The Holy One of God. No one else knew that. Not even the Pharisees knew that. No one knew who he was. Even later on when Jesus is getting crucified, when he's talking to Pilate, Pilate asks, 
Are you the king of the Jews? Not even the son of God. Are you the king of the Jews? Mm-hmm. Nowhere in the in his journey does he claim to be the son of God. Does he flaunt that he is the son of God and all this stuff? You know, mm-hmm. he's just mellow. He's chill, you know. He's just moving along with the flow. You know what I'm saying? And we know that this is the demon because of the word choice. And the fact that he knew who he was, like, not just here on earth, but who he was up in heaven. Mm. So, yeah, these demons knew. Yeah. Yeah, That's That's what really stood out to me about it. Any thoughts? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Listen to me on your life. So, um, in verses 25... Um, to like 27, let's bring it back to 2023. Mm-hmm. Let's say if, um, you know, a, a, a guy was preaching, preaching up on the pulpit, and then like, um, this random guy comes, comes running into the, the sanctuary, and like, you can tell that he's not all there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, like, how do you, like, how do you think, like, the church members would react? I think they'll be like, you know, a little scared, you know? I think so, too. Little, like, yeah. Um, and then, like, the preacher comes down, and then, like, he, like, speaks to the demon and says, like, be quiet and come out of him. Um, and then, like, it says, like, the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice. Like, mm-hmm. imagine that, like, in a church of, like, the churches of today in 2023. That would be really, like, jar- jarring for people to see. Yep. And then, like, at the end of it, like, he became popular. So, like, I just want to, like, because um, the Bible talks about false prophets. Mm. So, you know, I, I know, like, you've seen those people who, like, they claim to, like, heal people from, like, yep. their blindness. I've seen it all over social um, media. <laughs> yeah. All over. And they become, yeah, they become really popular. Um, but then but it's not the spirit of God that's leading them. So, I feel like. Um, like if we saw that today, we really have to have ask God for the spirit of discernment to know if that was that person was working in the spirit of God or were they working with a different spirit. So like, it just like talks about like how we need to like have the spirit of discernment. Like, can't even imagine how like crazy that would have been to see something like that. Yeah, super weird. And um, I actually have a story about that. When I was in New York, there was this guy that he was passing by the church. He was going on a ski trip and he was passing by the church and his friends basically, I guess they canceled or they were running late. So he stepped in and um, of course they greeted him and stuff. And when he came upstairs, the amount of eyes, and I'm not talking like normal eyes of like, oh, who's that guy? The amount of stink eyes the amount of eyes of why is he dressed like that what is he doing mm. kind of deal right mm-hmm. the man never came back to our church why why because he didn't feel comfortable he felt judged and i feel like uh. and i could understand that i could understand curiosity because there've been times where someone new comes to our church and i'm like Oh, who's that? Um, or they do something out of order or something that I'm not used to. And I'm like, oh. But you, you, even when you're speaking to them, when you around them, you don't make them feel uncomfortable. Even if you might, you don't do that. That that I feel yeah. like 
making someone feel uncomfortable is worse than telling someone that you don't like them. Mm. I really feel mm. like it. Because, like, yeah. now it's a feeling. It's festered within me. If you just straight up say, oh, I don't like you, it's like, okay, they don't like me. <laughs> I mean, I might be in my feelings for a moment because, you know, I was just being nice. Yeah. But if you're, if I'm around you and I feel, un- and you making me feel uncomfortable, it's like, okay, you don't like me and you don't want me here. So right. all these things start festering and you're like, oh, wow, what should I do? Okay, I will never come back here because I don't want to be a bother. Right. Yep. Um, to move on. In verses 29 to 34, they left the synagogue and they went to Simon and Andrew's house with um, James and John. Now, when they got there, Simon told Jesus about his mother-in-law who was sick with a fever. Um, Jesus went to her, held her hand and helped her up. As he helped her up, the fever left her, and she began to serve them. Um, Basically as a waitress or whatever. But not in that terms. In the Mm -hmm. sense of because she was the woman of the house. Back then, then, um, she was doing what today's men calls a women's place. She was in the kitchen. A women's place. And I'm putting some hard quotations on that. Yeah, yeah. I'm putting some hard quotations on that. Because it's like... Mm, you can get in the kitchen too. Come on now. Yeah. You're a grown man. Get in the kitchen. But um right. Yeah. Out of I think I think for her especially it was more so out of respect of who Jesus was and who was around him. She wanted to show that level of respect and was like, I will serve you for that reason. Right. Um later that evening, after sunset like I said earlier, news had spread like wildfire. So people had brought all the sick people and the demon-possessed <laughs> people to Simon and Andrew's house for Jesus to heal and to drive out. Um, any thoughts on that? Right. Um, I just like want to talk about because like the Bible doesn't mention like like Simon's wife at all. Like, but we know that she was married because he had a mother-in-law. So like I've always wondered like what what was it like for her to be married to someone who gave up his literal his literal um occupation, his job, the, the thing that puts money and food on the table, um, like to go follow this um nomad who is like healing demon possessed people. Like I can't even imagine how like how she must feel like and she's like and uh, the chosen are actually exploring that. They actually have um, Simon's wife as like a character in the show and they're like explaining like what, what could have happened like how could that have been you know I feel like it's like it can be like relatable to um, wives of like pastors you know who have devoted their lives to God um, and like because like they have a very important role too um, and I feel like personally I think even though they shouldn't be like like pastors wives and pastors kids are like held to a high standard because of who their their spouse is or who their um their parent is, um, and yeah, it can be hard and just like the pressure of that, you know, and like I've just always wondered like what what, what it was like for Simon's wife. 
it's a really interesting thing to talk about. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that's something that I've realized that pretty basically none of the books go into depth about. They don't go into depth about like the perspective of anyone else. It's more so mm-hmm. of the perspective of the um, <clears throat> disciples themselves. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. Verses 35 to 39. Do you want to read them or? Yeah, I can read them. Okay, go ahead. Um, it says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is looking for you. But he said to them, Let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also. Because for this purpose I have come forth. And he was preaching in the synagogues throughout all Galilee and casting out demons. Um, with that, like, with that verse, I want to point out, like, verse 35. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, like, now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight. Like, for me, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm like an early bird, you know. I'm not a night owl at all. Because, <laughs> like, I don't really, like, I have, I have, I have low energy in the night time. Um, like it's, it is, even though I am early bird, it's, it, it can be a struggle to, you know, wake up early and, you know, have your time with God. But I feel like, like God should be the first person on our mind when we wake up. Like, like if the first person on our mind is like who we texted the night before, like if it's like, it's not really healthy in your like relationship with him. So I feel like we should always take that time. Like no matter no matter how long or short it is, um, it's really the quality of time as well as like the quantity. Um, we should always take that time to, like, invite God into our day before yeah. we start it. I agree. I agree with you on that wholeheartedly. Um, and later on, we learned that that's a habit of God. Actually, it's yeah. a habit of every morning he would wake up before everyone else and would go and spend his time with God. Um, As a matter of fact, when he was getting basically hunted for the, um, in the Garden of Gethsemane, that's where he was. He was in solitude with Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's also where he took his disciples. He was like, guys, I'm going by myself to pray. You guys stay here. And they fell asleep multiple times. He went <laughs> three times and twice yeah. came back and they fell asleep. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I I agree with that. Um, it then goes on after that and talks about how... He went to, he basically told um, Simon when he found Jesus that let's go to nearby, let's go to nearby villages so that I can preach there also. And this is where we are introduced to one of the aspects of what Jesus has come to do. And he says Mm. this, at least in the new, um, the NIV, it says, that is why I have come. Right. And so they travel to, through Galilee, preaching in synagogues and driving out demons. Right. So 
he spends his time with God in the early morning and then heads to drive out demons and such to preach and stuff and such yeah 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 as Christians we should always we always should be on like the search on ways to serve God so like saying in saying that like we should always like you know take time to like er, like spiritually energize ourselves before we start um start like serving God because like he's our only source of life life like I said at the beginning you know Ooh, we're on the last one. Verses, the last few verses, verses 40 to 45. It's, um, here it's talking about a man with leprosy. He came before Jesus and begged him to clean him, saying, if you are willing. Ooh, another important part. You know, he didn't mm. demand it. He was like, hey, if, if, you're, if you're up for it, can you make me heal? You can you can make me clean. Jesus then reached his hand, touching the man, and said, I am willing, be clean. Immediately the man was healed of leprosy. After Jesus said to the man with a strong warning, basically in a stern voice, saying, not to tell a single person of what happened, but do go to the priest and show yourself to him and offer sacrifices as Moses had commanded. Mm -hmm. But, as we know, the man yeah. said, he didn't. forget you, Jesus. Whatever you said is not important. Let me go tell people about what you just now did. <laughs> so he went out and he talked openly. He was like, man, I was with leprosy and this man's name, Jesus, pulled up on us. And I was like, man, if you're willing to heal me, heal me. And he healed me, and so he just started talking freely and openly and shared what had happened. So, with all of that, Jesus basically, what we like to call an overnight success, you know? Now now he's famous. He can no longer enter into towns openly. He has to secretly open, go into towns if he, if he has to. He has to stay outside in lonely places, yet... People still came to him, right? Yeah, um, like the leper, like it just shows. Like I've had an experience. Like oh my goodness, like when God does something in your life, when He blesses you, or like when you have a testimony, mm -hmm. like to keep it in is just like it's like it's kind of like and like eating you up inside to keep in such like a great testimony to share to others. Um, so like. Like that one time I had that experience in the parking lot um, last week, and I went on my Instagram and shared it because like, I feel like I can't like keep that in. I have to talk to somebody because like it's just so amazing, you know. Mm -hmm. And that like that part that verse just shows, you know, how how like you know, I think it is important even though God did tell him not not say anything, isn't it? It is important to like um, share that word um, from verse forty. I want to point out something. He said, the part, he said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. He was like, uh, he, he wasn't like, if you're willing, like, uh, whatever you, if you want, like, like he wasn't like unsure. He was like, you can make me clean. Yeah. So that shows like the type of faith that, that the leper had from what he had seen Jesus do. Because I'm sure, I'm sure he has seen and heard about yeah. the thing that Jesus did, which is why he came to him and asked to be cleansed. Um, so I feel like this, like I've for our faith to be strengthened, like 
a way that my strength is my faith is strengthened is like when I see God working in other people's lives or in my life, you know. Yeah. And um as a matter of fact, that's not the only instance, but you know, those will come later of such tremendous faith or like right. basically saying that that Jesus can do certain things. That's not the only example. Later on, um, spoiler alert again, but later on we find out about a woman who is going to touch Jesus' clothes. Mm -hmm. Not even him, yeah. just his clothes, mm -hmm. just the hem of his garments. Like she got, yeah. she she barely touched them, you know. And Jesus asked, "What? Who touched me?" And he's in a crowded room. The man asked, who touched me? And this man is getting like, touched by everybody. Yeah. And um, I love it because when she confesses, basically fesses up to what has happened, she said, I believed that if I can just touch the hem of your garment, I would be healed. You know? That's crazy faith. And um, yeah, it's crazy faith. And I feel like that's kind of what God wants us to do. He wants us to have that level of faith that, like, no one else would ever understand if they saw it happen. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Like, with experiences like that, it's like, yeah, you would think, oh, Jesus healed him. She, mm -hmm. her, she was healed by touching that one of his garment. But in that experience, I think that her faith is what healed him. Yep. And I think um, that's actually what healed all of them. Even the man yeah. on the bed. For next chapter, mm -hmm. his faith is what healed him. And um, as a matter of fact, when we talk about Mark 2, that will be part of it. You know, it does talk about his faith um, and his friend's faith as well. You know, um, but that honestly brings us to the end of Mark 1. Yeah. Mark 1 is a very interesting book. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I'm glad that there's four accounts, because, um, like, in the part where it said, like, talking about the demon, mm -hmm. um, like, different translations, like, say different things, help you understand it better. Yeah. So, like, that's why I'm, like, I'm grateful that there's four accounts. Yeah. But, like, there's, there's so much to unpack in. It really is. This chapter that we can talk about, like, for, like, six hours, <laughs> you know? Yep. But, um, yeah, I think... Well, this is only Mark 1. Planning to do Mark 2, hopefully with someone else. Um, that's the plan for Mark 2. Um, yeah. So, thank you for joining us this week on Christian Universe Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast. Joined by my friend, Jelani Richards. And um, I hope to see you guys next episode. Um, I'll let you guys know. So please do follow our Instagram at Christian Universe Pod Official. And follow our I wanna say TikTok, but honestly I haven't been really good at doing the the um what's it called? The videos for TikTok. So I'm working on that and um presently it's just me on the Christian Universe podcast team. So we're working on that. But I appreciate you guys tuning in. I appreciate you guys for spending time and taking your time out to listen to us. Um, if you're on YouTube, 
drop a comment tell me tell me listening tell me if you got any thoughts about what we said tell me if um this was helpful in any way you know um you know shout out my boy jelani you know just just you can just put in shout out to jelani if you know him if you just like really enjoyed it if you want to see him on the podcast again you know and um if you're on youtube once again link below well any platform really um once you click on the podcast like the actual episode page um our socials will be linked our facebook instagram and tiktok even though i'm working on posting there but those will be all there as long as well as our link tree which will be there um which puts you within the circle and all of our availability because we're not just available on spotify and apple Podcasts and google Podcasts and youtube but we are also available on stitcher Castbox, um our heart radio and uh, as well as amazon music amazon podcast we are available everywhere you get your podcast as of right now um thank you i appreciate y'all so much for tuning in i hope to see you next time peace <music>